Hey, sweet friends, it's Andrea. I'm so thankful for this day as we think about just that God is love. We're going to start a new series today, and for the next few weeks, we're just going to think about God. We're going to talk about what God means to us and then how our lives are impacted and changed by God. And of course, it is always right, it is always appropriate whenever we're studying the Bible, whenever we're thinking about life, to go back to God because He is the creator of all things. And so today we're going to talk about how God is, in fact, love. And I have a sweet Sweet friend, a special guest with us today, Shelly Chandler. She is from Conway, Arkansas, which is my hometown. She has a ministry called Go Three Ministry that she'll tell us about in just a few minutes. Shelly, welcome to Truth on the Go. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. Is this your first radio? Yes, All right. So I'm so thankful we get to do this together because we have a long history. We do. We have an interesting history. Okay, so let's sure. talk about it. Let's okay. talk about it. So when did we meet? Okay. So first of all, I think people need to know that you and I live like two streets away from one another, which is just crazy. That's so right. We can walk to each other's houses if we, we should if we do need that to. more often, we but should, we do but we drive. Do not. We drive, <laughs> no, don't we? We take our vehicles every time. <laughs> um, I met you first through, I think, a Bible study. I had known of you and had said hi to you, but officially, we'll say officially, met you um, when you did the Ruth Bible study. You brought it to our church, right. and I met you through that. Yeah, and you are the women's ministry leader at your church. Yes. So you do a lot of things when it comes to loving on women, serving women through both your local church and through ministry and through just leadership yes. across the state. Yes, yeah. I have such a heart. And I know that that comes from God because it's an unnatural burden that I have for women. And I know you can relate to that. Just to love on women, to encourage them and to just help them see that God is for them all the time. So, yes. And that's so transformational. When we talk about God is for you, God is for me, God is for us, and all of that is rooted in love. So we'll get to that in just a few minutes, but we have a few stories to share. (laughs) You know, like we have to, we're the two blondes, right? Oh my, so So bad. (laughs) We not only are the two blondes, it kind of manifests itself in our actions. And so last week I went to your house, Shelly, and I've been to your house many times. I want to say at least probably around 10 times, yeah. maybe. And it's like around the corner, right. literally. And so I'm driving over to Shelly's house because I do this other podcast called Inspire on the Go. And so we were going to meet at your house yeah. and we were going to just record that podcast. And the reason we had to do it at your house is because I have a little dog that barks all the time. Right. And you have dogs. I do. I have two. But thankfully they don't bark. No. So anyway, we decided your house was the place to be. So I drove to your house. I bring all of my equipment up to the door. I knock on the door. I wait patiently. And as I'm standing there, I notice on the door a wreath with like a letter, you know, like a letter a representing the name of the people who live in the home. And it was a B. And, and Shelly, your last name is Chandler, yeah. which starts with a C. Right. And so I'm processing all of this and thinking, why is Shelly putting a B on her door? And then I'm thinking, what if I'm at the wrong door? And so I step back from the door and I look around the neighborhood and I see next door a C on the door. And so I'm thinking, that must be Shelly's house. And so I didn't even move my car. I'm like, I'm going to go knock on the door with this C just to see. And it was, in fact, your house. And so so I moved my car, brought the equipment in. We recorded the podcast and it was a fun day. Yes. And we need to tell everybody, too, because this is, to me, is what makes it even funny is that my garage door was up. And so my vehicle that you're very familiar with was in the driveway. Yes. <laughs> 
It was a blonde moment on every level. Oh, yes. But, Shelly, we have to continue this uh, theme of stories because just a few months back, (laughs) you and I were scheduled to meet at a church in Conway that is very oh, everyone easy to knows get where to. It is, Everybody exactly. knows right. where it is. And it was clear where we were meeting. Absolutely. And you, I'll let you tell yes. the story. What happened? <laughs> so Conway has been flooded with new roundabouts. And so I'm going to our meeting and I am on this brand new roundabout that just was finished. And I'm circling around going, oh, I'm going to ask Andrea. I bet this roundabout has made exiting from her church so much easier. And I'm thinking all these thoughts and I'm just driving along and I pull into the church and I'm just looking around and I go, I'm at the wrong church. And so I had to call Andrea and say, "Um, yes, I'm at this other church. I'm not at your (laughs) church. So I'm going to be another five minutes before I get to your church. And so anyway. So we see the theme there. Oh, totally. Yes. So it's Distraction or just whatever. I don't know. Well, I love doing life with you. I love doing ministry with you. And I love having our blonde moments together. Yes. Oh, my goodness. All right. Well, Shelly, tell us a little bit about you, your family, and about your ministry. Um, Well, my name is Shelly Chandler, and I live in Conway. I've been married to my husband for almost 24 years, and we have three boys, and just everyone needs to know this. They're all three redheaded, so you can go ahead and just begin praying for me extra if you would like to. But no, there are three teenage boys, and then I have, of course, the two dogs. Yes. And probably something you need to know about me. Andrea and I are so similar, except in this area. I'm a little dog crazy. Like, there may be some separation anxiety, codependency issues that I have with my dog. Um, He is my baby all the way. And Andrea does not feel that way about dogs. No, no. And so when I go into her house, the dog expects me to love her the way that you love her. And I'm not capable of that. And so when I went in the other day, Shelly looked at the dog and was like, you're literally barking up the wrong tree. You're not going to get a treat. You're not going to get a head pad. You're not going to, you know, this is a pipe dream. Is it? Is it Bailey? Is no, that it's Cooper? Cooper. I can't even remember the dog's <laughs> That's name. So I mean, funny. so right. it's just it's just what it is, uh-huh. you know. And so uh-huh. I have a dog because my son wants a dog, right. and I love love my son, and I want my son to have something very meaningful. But it's a process of sanctification yes, in my life. Sacrificed. Like yes. Jesus is just helping me to be sacrificial <laughs> by having this little dog. So anyway, oh, and of I course Lulu just adores me, which means she's always in my face, mm. always on my lap. So it's just how it goes. All right, so you're married. You have three boys. You serve in your local church, but you also have a ministry. Yes. Tell us um, about that. Well, when I met you, what was that, about three years ago, you just were a very great mentor for me. And I knew that God had been calling me into ministry. I just didn't really know what that looked like. And one of the things you told me was, well, what is it that you are passionate about when it comes to women's ministry? And for me, it's all about teaching women how to study the Bible. Because when I teach women or I see women, one of the things that's a continuing theme is that they don't really think they can understand the Bible. They really feel like they need someone to expound on it, to explain it, to do all these things. And of course, there is a place for that. There, That's why God has gifted teachers is in order for them to teach the Bible. But women can know God 
just as well as teachers can, just in their own unique way, in their own personal relationship. And I don't want anyone to ever think they have to wait for someone to tell them about God. God is willing and ready to reveal himself to you. And so just through much prayer, I founded Go3 Ministries, and all it really is is a Bible study method. And it just takes women through the um, steps of learning how to study their Bible and do it effectively. Because sometimes, and you know this, very well. We'll go to a conference or we'll hear a sermon or we'll have some kind of speaker come and we will walk away after they're done and we'll say, wow, that was great. But then it didn't change us. And so what Go3 Ministries does specifically is what I like for it to do is I want women to be able to take the truths that they've learned and actually make it a part of their walk with God. And it looks several different ways. It could just be something that you have taken and you've applied a truth to your life. It could be something that you have taken and you actually minister to someone else out of that truth. But it's it's where you are responsible for what you've learned. No longer do you just walk away and say, hey, that was great. But you actually take what you've learned and you turn it around and make it into your own personal ministry. And that that's my passion. That's great, Shelly. I mean, it has just been awesome watching you step into ministry, love women, and God just opening up all kinds of doors of opportunity. So that brings us to today as we come to this topic, this theme that God is love. So let's talk about it. When you think about God is love, what comes to mind? Well, the very first verse that comes to my mind is this one that you and I have spoken on before, Uh, but it's 1 John chapter 3, verse 1, where it says, how great is the love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called the children of God. And I love this verse specifically because of the word lavish that is used here. And you know me, nerd that I am, I love to look up the different words and their definitions and meanings. And so I've got some synonyms that go with lavish. And to me, this is just something that just really personifies the love of God. But you could say it's sumptuous, it's luxurious, it's opulent, it's elaborate, it's ornate, it's expensive. And then probably my favorite one is it's costly. And so this is not just an everyday run-of-the-mill kind of love. This isn't some kind of love that you can find anywhere else. This is a love that only comes from God. And it's extravagant, it's generous, and it costs. Yeah, and you think about that it's for us. Yes. You know, and not only is it for us, it's who He is. Because later in 1 John, it talks about God is love. You know, I think about that and and sometimes I just think that's almost too much for us to get our minds around like this lavished love this opulent love and sometimes I think it's almost too much for us to even know how to accept and to apply to our lives and so when we come back on the other side of the break we're going to get into it one thing that we like to do here on truth on the go (laughs) is to get very real so we're going to get very real about God about love and how that applies to our lives in just a moment Andrea will return with a final thought if you would like to hear more of her teachings, visit andrealennonministry.org. It is the ultimate website for the girl on the go with Bible studies, video sessions, podcasts, books, and down-to-earth blogs straight from Andrea's heart. Be sure and subscribe so that you can stay connected. Again, that's andrealennon.org. Now, let's hear a final truth from Andrea. Okay, so we're back and we're talking about how God is in fact love. And I've got Shelly Chandler from Go3 Ministries joining me today on Truth on the Go. And we're just getting real about this topic of love, Shelly. And so let's get into it when it comes to women and, and really everybody. Why do you think it's hard for us to receive love? 
Well, it's just one of those things that we don't feel worthy of so many times. And so many women have had issues in their past where they weren't loved the way that God intended for them to be. And so we build up these walls, we build up these barriers, and we're just not really receptive because we don't feel like we can trust. And so that's what makes the love of God so penetrating and so real for us is that we can trust this love. This is a kind of love that will not lead to disappointment. This is the kind of love that is real, that is accepting, that is for everyone. And sometimes I think we have to remember that this love is unconditional love. Absolutely. Because a lot of times we look at love or or any aspect or attribute of God through the lens of ourselves. And so we see it through like our sin, right? And we think I'm not worthy of that because we know that we've messed up. We know that we fall short. We know that we don't deserve it. And so we think, well, that love isn't for me. That, That couldn't possibly be a love that could change my life or redeem my life or even be applied to my life. And so we put up that wall that says, when I clean up my life and when I'm worth it and when I'm worthy and whenever I can receive it, that's whenever or that's the person that God's love is for. But the heart of the gospel is that love was costly for God because it required a sacrifice that was really in line with who we are, which is sinful self, because Jesus died to pay for that sin so that we can experience this love. And so, you know, I think about what we bring to the table in light of who God is, and it really is freeing to know that God's love is unconditional. It is a lavish love, and it's a real love. Yes, and there's nothing we can do to earn it, and there's nothing we can do to lose it. It just is, and it really has more to do with Him than it has to do with us. What a great point. The love of God is all about Him. It's about who He is. It's about His character. It's about His attributes. And whenever we step into a vision that realizes who God is and who we are in light of Him and that His love is lavished on us, we see how that changes our lives. It transforms it. It does transform us. You know, and later in 1 John, it talks about how God is love and how love casts out fear. And that is such an exciting word for us because obviously when we look at our worth, you know, because we know we're sinful self, right? We know that we aren't necessarily worthy of love, but God has applied his love to our lives because that's who he is. It casts out that fear that says, I can't receive this love because it reminds us that the character of God the mercy of God, the holiness of God, the justice of God is that he took the necessary steps to make a way for us to experience this lavish love. And so when we think about our stories in light of this love, how should we approach this concept of the fact that God is love and that he's lavished love on us? I approach it in awe. I mean, it's just one of those things that when I think about this lavish love, and in this verse particularly, is an invitation because not everyone is a child of God, but it is this beautiful invitation that says, look, there is a God who has lavished love on those that he will call his children. And it's one of those things that when you look at it that way, I go, I want that. That is something that I desire. I want to be in a relationship with a God that lavishes extravagant love over my life. So let's think about the person out there who maybe is listening today and they're saying, 
I haven't experienced right. that love. Right. I don't know what lavished love, extravagant love, costly love is like. And maybe they're saying, like, Andrea, you don't know my story. Like, you don't know what I've been through. And I hear what you and Shelly are saying that this is for me and that I can trust it. But I've never been able to trust anything in my life. Well, I think about just if someone is viewing themselves that way. There are so many verses that you can cling to about God's holiness, and He is perfect, but He does not expect us to be. That is why He sent Jesus, His Son. And one of my favorite verses is in Romans when it says that God demonstrated His love for us when He gave us Jesus. And so that is what I would say to someone, that you don't have to be worthy because you never will be worthy. God was worthy for you, and He demonstrates His love for all of us by sending his son, Jesus. Yeah, and oftentimes I think what we do is we put on the lens of a temporary mindset and look at eternal things. And it really always puts us in the ditch in a sense because we are bringing a temporary mindset to an eternal God and then we're labeling him because of our temporary struggle. So let's get real and talk about maybe that person who has had a father figure who has not been godly in their life, who has not been holy, who has not been loving. And so we can easily misplace the anger anger and the mistrust on God and in a sense build this barrier. But that is resolved when we understand who Who God God is and that he is love and that we live in a fallen world. And because we live in a fallen world, fallen things happen. And so there is this place where we have to reconcile this truth. And yes, it means that there has been trust broken and there has been lines crossed and there has been hearts crushed in a sense, but there is a place of safety in the holiness of God. And if we understand the holiness of God, it positions us to experience the love of God. Because when we understand the holiness of God, we understand and accept that he is two things, spiritually pure and completely separate. And so when we understand that he is spiritually pure, then that means that he is light and there's no darkness in him, that there is only love in him. And so when he's lavishing something on us, it is that love. It is that holiness. It is that perfection. And so he is holy. He's spiritually pure and he's separate. He's different. And that gets me excited when I think about God as the creator, the provider, the sustainer, the protector, who he is and how he works in our lives. And we see that we do not have to look at his character through the lens of temporary man, but we can look at him for who he is and then be able to have healing and have hope and have trust and redemption, even in light of what's happened to us by temporary man. Absolutely. Okay, let's just keep preaching. That's great. Keep yes, going. <laughs> yes, yes. No, I just think that we have to really understand who God is. Absolutely. Yes. And we have this false identity of who we think God is. And the world will do everything it can. The enemy will do whatever it can for you to place God in this box. But the minute you put God in a box and you begin to define his parameters by worldly explanations or worldly thoughts or worldly fears or worldly hopes, the minute you do that, he ceases to be God. He is so much greater, so much more. We do not have the words to describe 
just how extravagant this love is. We try with our synonyms and we try with our definitions, but it's so much greater than we could ever imagine. And he wants that for us. He wants to give that to us. We just have to receive it. And I think for all of us, it's a journey. Yes. You know, it's a journey of understanding the love of God. It's a journey in accepting the love of God. You know, and in that process, we see the sanctification process. We see the salvation process. We see, you know, finding our hope in who he is and not in what has happened here on this earth. And so tell us a little bit about your journey, Shelley, when it comes to just accepting and receiving and then expressing the love of God. Yes, I've had just a very blessed life. I, I really do feel like it. Of course, we all have our different struggles and trials, but I was saved very young at the age of nine. And I remember just instances. I can look back and just see the hand of God over my life. And I see him um, in certain places where he has just called me into this relationship with him. It's almost as if he holds his hand out and says, do you want to come? Let's go deeper. And there have been times that I've said no, but oh my goodness, the times that I have said yes and I have followed after him have just been some of the, the most incredible moments of my life. And it just gets better. And the longer you walk with God, the more you realize how you can trust him. And I think that's a huge factor for most people. They, they've had these broken relationships. They come from these broken places where trust is, is something that they don't feel they can afford to give. But God is trustworthy. You can trust him with everything that you have. And that's a journey that I've been on. And I love that the word trust continues to come up in this conversation about love because they go hand in yes, hand. In order for us to understand who God is, and to experience all of who he is, we have to give ourselves to him. We have to trust his love. We have to trust his character. We have to trust his redemptive work in our life and that his plans for us, they're good. They are really, really good and that he is for us. He is not against us. And whenever this world comes against us, we can stand in our position in Christ that we have been justified, that we have been bought with a high price and that the currency that fueled that costly experience exchange on the cross was love. I mean, that's just the heart of it. Like it's just really good, just power and peace in the midst of who God is and how he pursued us in love. And so I love that you're, you're talking about how it's a process of trust. And for that person out there who's saying, I'm not sure that I can take that step and trust God. I know that our encouragement to you would be do it. Yes, absolutely. You will never regret trying God. I mean, you just won't. You're never going to go, well, that didn't work out well for me. I mean, that's just not who God is. He is incapable of disappointing you. And the truth is, he's done everything to position us for freedom, for success, for meaning, for value, for purpose. I say it so many times, Shelly, that as created beings, we were designed to be in relationship with our creator. You know, and so whenever we realize that and we realize that what fuels that relationship is love, then the question just becomes, how can I be in relationship with my creator? And we want to offer that hope. And so we know that God sent Jesus. He lived a 
perfect life. You know, 33 years, he he did amazing things. He healed people. He loved people. He served people. But he came for a purpose. Yes. He came on a rescue mission for us. And, and that mission was fueled by love. And so he died on the cross. And it was a cruel death. It was a, a death he did not deserve because he was perfect. He was sinless. He had done no wrong. And yet he bore our wrong. And he paid the price in full. He died that cruel death. But thank the Lord, he did not stay in the grave. He rose again. He proclaimed victory over sin. He proclaimed victory over death. He he proclaimed victory over everything that separates us from the Father. And he, in fact, is a picture of God's love in our messy, everyday situations of life. Because through Jesus's victory over the grave, we are able to be a child of God, which is Mm -hmm. what we are talking about in 1 John 3, 1, that God lavished this on us. Absolutely. So tell us about this invitation. How do we step into this relationship with Christ? Well, you just have to believe. You have to believe that Jesus is who he says he is, that did Jesus come? Did he do the things that he said he did? And it's very simple. The Bible tells us that whoever uh, believes and receives will be saved. And this is the beauty of it. It really has nothing to do with us, and it has everything to do with God. The big question is, is do you trust him? Do you trust him to be able to take all of that from you, lay it on his son? God looks at you through his son's righteousness, through his son's goodness, not your own. So today, the choice is yours. The invitation is there. Right now, wherever you are at, you can call on the name of the Lord and you can be saved. You can simply admit that you have sin in your life and that that sin separates you from God. Confess that sin. You can turn from that sin. You can place your faith and your trust in Jesus's sacrificial death, his death, burial, and resurrection, and you can ask Jesus to save you right now, wherever you are. And in that moment, sweet friends, you will experience the lavished love of a father who sent his one and only son to redeem and to rescue your life as you experience what it means to be a child of God. This episode of Inspire On The Go is over, but we hope you'll be back next Monday for the latest episode. In the meantime, you can visit absc.org forward slash inspire podcast to find more episodes and ways to connect with Andrea. Also, if you're in central Arkansas, you can find Andrea's radio show Truth On The Go at 93.3 The Fish and 99.5 Faith Talk Radio on Sunday mornings.